0: Know part of it is early detection, but also I really do see, and I mean, the breast cancer rates have gone up exponentially. Right now, I think the current statistic, and it might even be different by now, is one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer, and I think that you it used to be like one in twenty four. So I think there's a couple different factors. I I really feel like we are overly stressed. And that's something else as I, after I started my practice, I went back and got like a 200 hour certification and meditation teacher training because we're so stressed. I mean, we're just, I don't even feel like we're totally out of the woods with the whole pandemic. But I mean, look at what the world went through in these last couple of years. I'm very curious and a little bit worried about what we're going to see in the coming years in terms of breast cancer rates, because. stress and disease are heavily related.
1: Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the show. I am
2: here today interviewing Junie Butcher. Now, Junie is a breast cancer survivor. She was diagnosed with breast cancer at 41, and she made some major changes to her life, her career, relationships, to start living in deeper alignment with herself. Now working professionally as nutritional therapy practitioner and certified meditation teacher, Judy has her own private practice, and she's also a member of the Rose City Sexual Health Collective in Portland, Oregon. Her work helps others learn what foods make them feel their best and ultimately how to cultivate loving relationships with their bodies so they feel good in their own skin and more alive than ever. And today, we are talking all about her story about breast cancer, her cancer story, And really such an important conversation. This is something we haven't talked much about on the show, cancer just in general, and specifically breast cancer, and why it seems like so many younger women are being diagnosed with breast cancer. She talks a lot about things that we can do to prevent cancer, how really we hold more power than we think we do. Such an important conversation. I'm so excited for y'all to learn from Junie. So let's jump in. All right, y'all. I'm here with Junie and let's jump in. We are talking really all about her story. And I think this is such an important topic and really one that we haven't talked about here before on the show. And that's breast cancer. And I feel like how relevant is it just in, you know, I mean, this show is for women. It's listened to by women. And so I think this is such a relevant conversation. And I guess we're kind of technically just past breast cancer awareness month, but I think it's still a good time to kind of keep the conversation going about breast cancer. So I'm so excited to talk to you about this, Jenny. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Hope. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, thank you. Okay, so let's kind of start with the beginning, because I think we have to start with your story. So tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about your cancer story. Sure,
0: yeah. You know, well, I am currently 45. And when you're 40, you start getting those little notices from your doctor's office saying you need to have a mammogram. And I was always good. Like, I love going to the dentist. I do all my routine checks and all that stuff. So I went, nothing came up on my, my mammogram. And then about 10 months later, I found a lump in my breast. I just happened, I didn't even, I wasn't even doing self exams to be honest with you, but I was familiar with my body and, and I, I happened to like just notice this lump and. Within a week, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. and um, it was all kind of a whirlwind from there. And you know, one of the things I like to mention when I tell my story is that, especially with women who are considered young for breast cancer, that when you do find a lump, you know, it, it is very important that we're doing self-exams. A good you might hear if you're on social media or just part of. Any kind of breast cancer outreach, they say feel it on the first. That's a good rule of thumb. And just become aware of like what your breasts feel like so that you notice when things are a little bit different. And when I went to my doctor's office, at first she said, you know, I'm not really worried. It's probably just a cyst based on your Mm -hmm. age and your history, but let's go ahead and send you for further testing. And at that further testing, which was an ultrasound, you know, they usually are able to determine at that point, they can typically rule out a cyst at that yeah. point, which is great, because you get to get out of that anxiety, right. if it is just a cyst. but it's also can be a very shocking appointment for mm-hmm. people. And I didn't even think about that. My partner at the time wanted to come with me to that appointment, he had a mom and a sister with a history of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, we didn't, fight about it. But I was just like, it's fine. Don't take off work. It's I'll Mm -hmm. be okay. And he insisted. And I'm so happy that I conceded and and said, okay, fine. Just come. Because they told me at that appointment that they were 90% sure that I had breast cancer and that they saw two masses Mm. and all these different things, which I was just absolutely flabbergasted to hear. Sure. So even if you don't think that you're going to need that type of support, If you have the option, I really, really recommend that you take (laughs) that person up on that offer. Yeah. So what ended up happening after there, you know, fast forward, I guess a couple months, I had a single mastectomy. So that's when they removed the entire breast. And when they got in there, it was interesting because I had been doing a bunch of stuff with my diet, with some fasting protocols just working on myself focusing on my healing i i had gone on medical disability and uh, just said i'm going to give everything i can to this and really try to process what's going on manage my stress all that stuff cuz i did have a foundation of nutrition and meditation you know and when they got in there it was interesting cuz this story can go so many different ways for a lot of different patients but It was only one mass. It was a lot smaller than they thought it was. At first, they thought they had found two types of cancer. There was only one type of cancer. It was a lot less advanced than they thought it was. Because they originally were estimating I was at a stage two. And it turned out I was at a stage one. So, And it hadn't spread to my lymph nodes. So I was really, really lucky that they caught things very early. And it was a hormonally driven cancer, which most cancers are. And Yeah. So I was able to bypass radiation. That was one of the reasons why I I opted for the more invasive surgery. And I also was able to take advantage of something called the oncotype score, which is where they're able to test the tissue and determine if chemotherapy is going to benefit you or harm you. Mm. Luckily for me, I was able to get out of chemo too, because it would have caused more damage. And that's wow. the thing about chemo that's kind of crazy is for a lot of people, especially if, you know, the older population, chemo can be extremely hard on the body and a lot of people can sometimes pass away just from right. the effects of treatment. Right. So, you know, that's another reason why we need to take care of ourselves now instead of waiting for a health crisis mm. so that if something does come up that we are strong enough to work through it and have the reserves to heal after i finished that you know they gave me like most any woman that's diagnosed with a hormonally driven cancer they're gonna give you some type of hormone blocker Mm -hmm. that's sort of the standard of care Mm -hmm. and this is a kind of a controversial part of my story i don't even know if it's controversial anymore but it's a slightly controversial decision that i made I, i was on this hormone blocker for some time about 50% of women go off of these medications because they can have a lot of side effects. Mm -hmm. And there are risks that are associated with them. I happen... Even though I felt like I was doing everything I could possibly do, according to my oncologist with my diet and lifestyle, I felt like I completely changed as a person. (laughs) I had every side effect in the book. I just felt absolutely terrible. So I... After a lot of soul searching, talking to my doctors, and that's the part that worries me, a lot of women will just go off of it and not talk about it because sometimes doctors are really, they get very personal about it, Yep. but I wanted to make sure that I was discussing it with my doctor and looking at my personal situation. This is absolutely not saying that this is an appropriate decision for every one woman, but my personal situation helped me determine, okay, I don't think this is the right pathway for me. However, I'm not just going to go off of this medication and just pretend everything's okay and keep my fingers crossed. What can I do? So I did a really deep dive into how I can address what I felt was the root cause Mm -hmm. of my cancer. And because it was hormonally driven, looking at estrogen dominance, Which is a real common cause, especially with younger. Well, I guess any woman really that's going Mm -hmm. through it. And how can I balance that? How can I make sure I'm balancing my stress? How can I even address my trauma history Mm -hmm. and my, you know, anything that might not be resolved so that, and what resulted in that journey is me completely changing my life. I had worked for a number of years in. Uh, The legal industry, I, you know, I was making really good money, but I didn't love my job anymore Mm -hmm. and I wasn't happy. I was in a relationship that was perfectly fine with an incredible person, but I knew I, I wasn't really happy there Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. So that was very hard because it wasn't like a clear cut thing of, you know, I thought this person was a fantastic partner. I just somehow in my heart didn't feel like they were the partner for me. Right. Yeah. So I made all these changes in my life. I moved to a a different part of the state. And I just kind of started over. I went back to school and I followed my passion, which had always been nutrition and wellness. And I decided, you know what? I'm gonna help other breast cancer patients with this because once you complete treatment, you're kind of just sent on your way. Right. And it's sort of like, yeah, don't don't get cancer again. And you're like, wait, what?
2: <laughs> Good luck. You know, and, and you
0: go from having <laughs> this whole team of medical professionals to having nobody right. uh, really um, except once a year, which is typically an anxiety provoking oh, experience. Yeah. Totally. yeah plus there's all kinds of conflicting information and it can be really difficult to sift through. So I started a podcast that my podcast is called Tata Talk Talk Cancer. And it Yeah. And I have a wellness practice now. And I also kind of got really involved with sort of how to fall in love with yourself again, Mm -hmm. how to reconnect to your body as a sexual being, as a, you know, if, if if you identify as a woman or female, because breast cancer really does kind of, especially if you have to go through chemotherapy, like can really attack so many of the things that a lot of us consider to be our feminine traits, Mm. your breasts, your hair, your eyelashes, Mm. all these different things. So how do you come back to self? How do you stop feeling like that? You know, there's a t-shirt that says like, my boobs tried to kill me or, you know, something, (laughs) something to that effect, which I thought was really funny when (laughs) I was going through treatment. But now I'm like, oh, you know, that I don't see it that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I really do see cancer is sort of just the body going awry, right. healing mechanisms, just getting misfired mm-hmm. in, a, in a strange way and mm-hmm. dis-ease. So looking at what is that and how can we stop feeling like my body tried to kill me right. and really recreate that loving relationship. Yeah. And so I work another branch of my... World is I am a virtual member of the Rose City sexual health collective here in Portland, Oregon. I am the holistic nutrition person and I also work in conjunction with some sex therapists, a pelvic floor PT, an acupuncturist. And we really provide a holistic approach for women, you know, breast cancer or not mm-hmm. who are struggling with different aspects of their sexuality yeah. and really trying to help them find their way back into their bodies. Right. And yeah,
2: and that's where I am today. I love it. What a story. What a journey. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I mean, what a great reflection of how you can use a crisis like this to really turn it into like your life's mission. And so like, what Mm -hmm. a gift that you're giving all these other women and like being what you didn't have, like the person to help them along the journey and like the, you know, the aftermath and like coming back. I mean, that's like, it's such a gift. So I do have a question though. What do you think? Because I find that or I think, you know, in general, everybody listening could probably agree that it seems like so many more women are being diagnosed with breast cancer, but not even just women, but like, I mean, you were 41, like that's freaking young. So what do you see? And just, I mean, you're in this realm because this is who you Mm -hmm. work with. Like, what do you see as the reason that there's so many younger Mm -hmm. women and women are being diagnosed younger and younger being diagnosed with Mm -hmm. breast cancer. Yeah,
0: it is crazy. And I think it's, you know, it's a multifaceted answer to that question. You know, part of it is early detection. Mm. But also, I really do see and I mean, the breast cancer rates have gone up Exponentially, Mm -hmm. you know, right now, I think the current statistic, and it might even be different by now, is one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And I think that it used to be like one in 24. Like, so I think there's a couple different factors. I I really feel like we are overly stressed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's something else. As I, after I started my practice, I went back and got like a 200 hour certification Mm -hmm. and meditation teacher training Mm -hmm. because we're so stressed. I mean, we're just, you know, I don't even feel like we're totally out of the woods with the whole pandemic, but I mean, look at what the world went through in these last couple of years. I'm very curious and a little bit worried about Mm -hmm. what we're going to see. And in the coming years in terms of breast cancer rates, because stress and disease are heavily related in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Mm -hmm. I also think that the endocrine disruptors that we're consistently exposed to, I mean, you know, I would assume that people that listen to your podcast are a bit holistic minded or, you know, mm-hmm. they're conscious yep. of things like clean beauty and cleaning products. But, you know, no matter what we do, we are still exposed right. to these things. And so we have to make sure that we're keeping our detoxification pathways open. And, and that's, you know, are you sweating? Are you getting regular exercise? Are you pooping? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I, I know a lot of women that are chronically constipated. Oh, heck yeah, heck it, yeah. Yeah, and people don't it's become sort of just like an acceptable norm. Yep. Are you, you know, urine is another form of, yeah, are you doing all these things, but also are you combating toxins like emotional toxins? Mm-hmm. Are you a uh, true crime junkie that's constantly, you know, I love, I used to be, I mean, I still love me some Dateline, but like, I I would watch that, you know, I would, yeah. that was sort of my thing. It was like mm-hmm. limited series on Netflix yes. right before bed. Yes, You know yes, what I yes. mean? Like I'm it's, sure. it's super common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why we're so drawn to that. It might, I, a part of me wonders if it's like, a little bit of like a cortisol addiction.
2: Yeah. It's like a dopamine hit. Like the like, oh, what's going to happen? We have to find out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But then that's sort of, it does sort of warp your worldview. Like I have friends who, you know, I mean, I think a healthy amount of skepticism And self-preservation is important. Yeah. But also, you know, we can't walk around constantly thinking everybody around us is a cereal.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, there is a line. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, and also, you know, what
0: are you exposing yourself to on social media? I use social media, but like we have to look at the toxins and our relationships Mm -hmm. and our resentments? Are we releasing those things? Because we can't really stop them necessarily. We can stop the flow of them into our lives to some degree, but, you know, and then counterbalancing stress. So another risk factor, some other risk factors that people don't necessarily know, because most breast cancer is not genetic. Mm -hmm. That's another misconception. It's, it is... I do believe that we have power of prevention if we are conscious of the risk factors. Now, that's not to say if you've had breast cancer, that it's your fault or you should come down on yourself. Right. It's just know that you have a little bit more power than you think. And, you know, obesity is a huge factor because the problem with hormone imbalance or obesity. I mean, I am all about like health at any size but I do think it's important just to mention that when you have a level of body fat that is outside of of a range that can be healthy for you I mean it will it does increase your risk of certain lifestyle related mm-hmm. diseases and I do think it's important that we acknowledge that I don't think it's it should open a window to fat shaming right or, but we have to acknowledge if we're going to talk about health and truths about health, you are at greater risk yeah. for a lot of things, including sure. breast cancer. For sure. And that doesn't mean you need to have a six pack, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just means like be conscious because right. that fat it does act like a hormone. Right. Stores it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stores mm-hmm. toxins, mm-hmm. Store, you know, can increase estrogen, mm-hmm. alcohol use. I mean, I, I drink alcohol, but and that's another thing with, the pandemic that I think is really interesting. I feel like a lot of people who increase their drinking during the pandemic, and I was one of them and I was kind of shocked because I had never been a drinker, but I was so anxiety ridden because sure. I had actually just come out of my treatment. So then to I had just gotten over this whole experience of spending time identifying as a sick person mm-hmm. and being scared of yes. being sick. Yes, and Then to think that, everyone around me and everyone I cared about could get sick and die was so overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had tools, but those tools were also difficult for me. And I, well, not difficult for me. They, they weren't always effective. And I kind of feel like I, I was drinking a bit much during the pandemic. I, I had to make a conscious decision to stop, Mm -hmm. but some people, I know, are still kind of struggling to come out of those habits. And alcohol is a huge risk factor for breast cancer. Unfortunately, you know people hate hearing that, but it's the (laughs) truth. And it's one of those truths that I feel like I have to say. And we're living in a culture right now that's really marketing alcohol to women, wine (laughs) o'clock. If you go out with your girlfriends, you feel like, what do we do? We go to happy hour. Mm -hmm. We, you know, like, I'd love to flip the script a little bit and just kind of like, let's go for more walks. Let's get out out into fresh air, Mm -hmm. like go for tea, do something creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just so many things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, and I love that you pointed out that the majority of breast cancer is not genetic. I mean, that's true with cancer in general. I think what is the number now that it's like 80 to 85% of diseases are preventable, which means there's only a small percentage that are like based on like genetics, yeah. right? So like yeah. we like you said, mm-hmm. we have more power than we think. And not to put blame right. or shame or on, on anybody, but yeah. I do think that it is our responsibility to take responsibility, you know? So I, I think yeah. there are things we can do to at least like mitigate the risk factors, you know? Yeah. And and I
0: I challenge people who like, no, be, get curious about Mm -hmm. how you react to that knowledge. Because to me, it feels very empowering to know that I have some control. And even if you do have the genetic risk factors, I think it's important to note that, you know, just because you have a BRCA mutation does not mean that you're going to get ovarian or breast cancer. You know, there's the whole, I'm sure you know the term, why am I blanking on it right now? Like genetic expression, yeah. we, we turn on epigenetics. Mm-hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we turn on these genes right. and we have the ability to influence that too. To so turn don't them off and f- turn them on. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't feel like you're fated yep. to go down a certain road, even if you have a genetic yeah. disposition to it.
2: Totally, totally. And there's, I think that's such a good point to bring up. And there's so many books that I've read. And like, I don't know if you know who Dr. Joe Dispens is, but he, talks about this a lot and he talks yes. about epigenetics and he talks yes. about like people like you literally have the power to turn off and turn on genes like you have the yeah. power to change your gene expression and if you believe it's going to happen to you then it's going to happen to you like that's yeah. you know the powers within you to kind of have the control over those and so I think that's an important thing to bring up too is that like you're saying like the people who do have you know the genes for that it doesn't mean you're going to get it so yeah
0: yeah yeah and Thank goodness.
2: Mm, Yeah, 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 we have, yeah, exactly. We have a choice. We have a choice in the matter, right? Like, I think that's the other thing. So what do you think, I love that you pointed out kind of all these risk factors. Is there anything else besides what you've kind of mentioned that you wish, like, are there any other misconceptions or myths that you think we should bring to light? Any other things that you wish women knew that a lot of women don't know about breast cancer, like preventing breast cancer? Yeah, I mean,
0: another thing I guess that comes to mind is just being aware that this typically affects younger women, but I have dense breast tissue. So many women have dense breast tissue. Mm -hmm. I believe, and my doctors believe, that I probably had the mass in my breast at the time of my first mammogram, but because I have dense breast tissue, it didn't necessarily Mm. pick up. So again, that is another reason why it is so very important that you are doing these self-exams. So many women have dense breast tissue. Like the mammogram is not infallible. Right. And things like thermograms actually are, are, it's not necessarily something that you can get through doctor. You might have to pay out of pocket for it. But if you know that you're at risk for it, it is a wonderful way that doesn't use any radiation mm-hmm. to determine if you have inflammation in your breasts. So if you have dense breast tissue... Like, and you you are able to do that or and you're worried about your risk factors, having a thermogram can be a really good option for that type of detection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you don't necessarily need to pay out of pocket for this thing, but the self-exam, yeah, just going back to the importance of the mm-hmm. self-exam, emphasizing... Again, the the constipation thing. Mm
1: -hmm. I just
0: know so many women who have have issues with that. Like, take that very seriously. If you do, even if you've been that way your whole life. I mean, I know we're we're all on a spectrum, but it's a very important, especially if you are Mm premenopausal. It's very important that you're flushing those estrogens through. You know, and things like flaxseed, any kind of fiber, fruits and vegetables, just make sure you're getting a wide variety of nutrients in your diet and getting in, you know, a good amount of fiber. Mm. Most humans today, I don't think get the fiber that they need. Absolutely not.
2: Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. Well, and that is a huge one too, because I find that I talk to some women who like, you know, on discovery calls, whatever. And, you know, we start to talk about constipation and, That is such a common thing. First of all, it's so common, but then they kind of just brush it off. Like it's just constipation. Like it's not a big deal. Like, okay, like I'm uncomfortable or whatever, but they really, I think so many women really don't understand the implications of being constipated. You are literally recirculating the estrogen back in your body when you're not pushing it out and so many other things besides just estrogen. Like I really think women just don't understand the long-term implications of constipation. Like it really, like you said, you should be taking it seriously.
0: Yeah. And one bowel move, you know, one bowel move in a day is fine. It should be naturally occurring within 20 to 30 minutes after waking up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't think people realize that. You, like, if you need that cup of coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> to get things going, which mm-hmm. is also very, very common, yep. you know, then that means that you're slightly constipated. Right. And, you know, the water thing, that's another way of just helping your body detoxify. And water is really one of my favorite things to tell people, especially if you're a woman that's maybe got a lot on her plate and doesn't know where to start with health. You know, making health changes does not have to mean you go from a standard American diet, never exercising to doing yoga five times a week and eating vegan. Like that doesn't have to be the case. And a vegan diet might not even be the most appropriate diet for you. So just know like, Baby steps are often the best place to start. And you know what? Start with water. (laughs) Like water is one of those things where you can see the most incredible, tangible results like within one day. 100%. 100%. Like Give yourself that easy win. (laughs) Remember what it feels like to be hydrated and I swear it will blow your mind. (laughs) Yes.
2: So true. I have said this before. That is something I tell them all the time, and they will literally do nothing except for that. And just yeah. doing that is the thing that changes things. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then mm-hmm. you start to realize, oh my gosh, if I actually do this consistently, then you start to see, oh, this affects my hunger because mm-hmm. you know so many people mistake dehydration for hunger. Yep. Yep. You know, this is affecting. Whoa! I think so much more clearly. Mm-hmm. I'm able to work out. Oh, when yep. I work out, I sleep better. You know, it just all like feeds upon itself. Health really becomes this gorgeous, almost like a scavenger hunt <laughs> of rewarding experiences. You know, if you sometimes if you approach it that way, yeah. and it's not about like torturing yourself or constantly drawing on your well, of willpower. It really does feed on itself. Like, I'm so passionate about letting people know a healthy, especially working with a professional or like some kind of a coach like yourself or myself. Like, that's what we help you find. Mm-hmm. Like, find the joyful expression of help that doesn't feel like deprivation. Cause almost everybody I know who works in the wellness space has had some profound experience in their own life with how like when you made these changes just things just opened up for you yep. in every realm of your existence
2: and it's beautiful. Yeah. For sure. It's it's far it's much further reaching than just like the physical parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's
0: the thing with why I'm so fascinated by hormones mm-hmm. because hormones really affect mood. You know, they like think about, you know, during times of the month when you're, you're starting, you know, the whole premenstrual syndrome thing, like there's a reason why you get a little bit more sensitive or snappy, irritable, because it's a hormone thing. And when you balance your hormones, like you really do feel more even keeled and joyful, happy, balanced, able to, to handle stress better.
2: And that makes everything easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. So I do have another question I want to ask you to end, but mm. thank you so much for sharing your story, by the way. I know this is going to be uh-huh. so inspirational and just empowering to a lot of women listening to this. So thank you for sharing your story. Mm, uh, before you. I ask you the last question, what, where is the best place for people to find out more about you, working mm-hmm. with you? I know you're a nutritional therapy practitioner and you really uh-huh. work with women who have had cancer. So where can uh-huh. they find out more about you?
0: Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me on social media, I'm most active on Instagram, and it's at Junie Be Well. I'll I'll send you all the links. I'm also on Facebook and TikTok. And then I have the podcast, Tata Cancer. And then, yeah, you can reach out to me on my website, juniebewell.com. I do offer a free consultation. I don't just work with breast cancer patients, but that's been a little bit of a niche for me. And Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of free resources. Perfect. There that people can access.
2: I love it. perfect. Of course, I have all the links to that in the show notes so y'all can check that out. So last question for you is, what mm-hmm. do you think is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose?
0: Ooh, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I think really, especially if, if you are female or identify as female, like don't fight your feminine flow mm. and recognize that every day is going to be different. And every, you know, just recognizing and being true to yourself in each moment. I mean, we all have to adult. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, like we change our minds, our inspiration can change. My life is a prime example of that. Just things can go a different direction. Just be open to it. Chase what really ignites your heart. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I love that
2: because a lot of times how things turn out is not the way you pictured it, but it ends up being perfect. So yeah. That's exactly. Good yeah.
0: Perspective is yep. such a huge part of everything because totally. there's a lesson even in the challenging bits.
2: Yeah. I love it. Such good advice. Thank you so much, <laughs> Junie, for sharing all of this and for giving us such good insight and helping all of us women to prevent breast cancer. It's just huge.
1: So thank you. Thank you, Hope. It was great talking to you. You too. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Drazza, or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.